Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio. There's some new research from Kids Save International revealing a need for foster care procedures to change. One in three black Americans have thought a lot about fostering a child. That's 10% higher than the average of other racial groups. 22% of black minors are in foster care. Black children are less likely to be adopted than white children. Younger children are more likely to be adopted. And research has shown that pairing black children with black parents increases the success rate of the adoption process because it promotes culturally responsive foster care environment. We're going to talk about foster care and adoption today with people who are experts. Deborah Brown Farmer, she is a foster care and an adopted mother, and she has written what her journey has been. We're also going to talk to Ronald Smith. Ronald Smith was a policeman, and now he's a social worker and has been with something called Fatherhood International. And we're going to talk to Claude Robinson. He works with the foster care system and the process, and recently has just adopted a migrant family. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Deborah Brown, welcome, welcome, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. So tell me, and I want you to share your personal journey of how you adopted a young boy from and took from foster care, took him from foster care to becoming an adoptive parent. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so I was actually introduced to the foster care system in the late 90s. And I was working in television here in Chicago, and there was an organization called UCAN that would bring young people to the station. And so the person that worked in that capacity was Claude Robinson. He would bring in these young people to get an experience of what it looked like to shadow someone in the profession that I was in, which was uh, media. And so I just asked him, hey, I want to volunteer. How do you connect me with your organization so that I can mentor? And he connected me with a young lady that was in foster care. It was literally to be a one-year commitment of me helping her with her homework, and 26 years later, I am still in her life. Um, I knew at that very moment, meeting her when she was in foster care, that that was something that I wanted to do, which was to foster a child. I did not know that it would become my only option later in life, and I, um, again, went through the process of getting my foster care license. After getting my foster, foster care license, then I was placed with a child um, through One Hope United, and then I, a year later, ended up adopting that child through foster care. So, Claude, you, you've been working with the foster care system for a while. Yes. So, as Deborah has just explained, you kind of a matched a kid for a mentoring situation, not yes. a foster care situation. Yeah. So, tell me how this works. How do you, how do you, you have to have a license? in order to be a foster care parent? Yes. How does that work? So in, in the situation with um, the young lady, Sharina, um, we were looking to help her academically. And um, automatically then Deborah was, wanted to mentor. So I was like, what about just tut tutoring, you know, to, to get involved? And that, that was what we wanted to do. So it would be a, a background check on, on a candidate looking to get in and be a foster parent or a tutor or volunteer or anything, you go through a, 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 a extensive background check, um, drug test and things like that because you're 
in with children who are part of the child welfare system. So it, it can work in a number of different ways. And then if you want to go and then become a foster parent, then that's a more extensive um, thing Another that happens. Another process. Yeah. Ronald Smith, you have, uh, through your fraternity, Omega Phi Psi, you have a program that uh, mentors children throughout, black boys in particular, throughout the world called Fatherhood International. Tell me about that. Well, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated has a fatherhood initiative and each chapter throughout the United States and abroad goes to schools and the members mentor them, reading books, helping them with their homework, just giving them life skills and listening to them. That's one of the most important things that we need to do with our youth is listen to them and then go with whatever they decide they want to do with their lives. So you all had a town hall meeting last evening and I was your moderator. And Richard, you said something consistently. It takes love and it takes patience. It takes two things to be a foster parent and, those, and it's not money. It is that love and patience. A lot um, of love, a lot of patience. A lot of love, a lot of patience. So Deborah, you've also uh, authored a book, My Journey to Joshua. Uh, and from fears to families. They're both powerful resource books. It's not just your story, but it becomes a resource for others who might be interested. Talk about your book about Joshua. Yeah, so the, the premise behind the book, honestly, when I went through the process, when I, again, met Sharina, I knew this is what I wanted to do later in life. Um, when I went through the process, I told my friends, I told some of my family members, and I had so many people asking questions or saying to me, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And they never did it. And so for me, it was like, wow, why are they not doing this? And so with my journey to Joshua, it was really to talk about what love was. So it's more a memoir about love. Um, my grandmother was old school. Um, I'm a Johnny Coleman baby through and through. But my grandmother had this model that like, what's love got to do with it? And that's not true. Love has a lot to do with it. And so I realized that that was actually my compass when it came to relationships. And so I actually learned love through my process of adopting my son, Joshua. And so that's what that first book is about. And then the second book, um, Josh is now eight years old. Okay, and You've so- You've had Josh for how long? Since, he, since the birth since his of Joshua, birth. yes, okay. yes. And so he's now eight years old, but when I dial it back eight years ago, I had friends and family that said, oh, this is something I wanna do, and they never did it. And so this is not to shame them, this is just to put awareness around, there's some fear there. What is that fear? And so Fears to Families is really a toolkit to help them step by step. How do you get your foster care license? Background check, you know, going through the training classes and things of that sort. Also other resources, again, some information about others that have gone through this process. You know, pop culture, um, we can talk about in, in my childhood, we learned about foster care and adoption through watching shows like Different Strokes, right? Webster, Punky Brewster. And so I don't necessarily know that um, people are doing the research. And so that's what this toolkit is. It allows them to walk away with a guide to help them get from the fears that they have to the families that they desire. We're talking about adoption. We're talking about foster care procedures and process. Don't go away. We'll be right back. There's more of Indigo Studio. We all know the awesome power of the sun.
See how your solar options could help fill your life with clean energy at comed.com slash clean energy. You know, it's actually really easy to find coverage. How do I even find health insurance? The ACA Health Insurance Marketplace open enrollment just began. You'll be able to find a health plan for you and your family. I don't know how to do that stuff. I need some help. Go to GetCoveredIllinois.gov where certified and local navigators like myself can help you compare plans, enroll, and figure out if you qualify for financial assistance. Wow, that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And remember, open enrollment ends January 15th. This November, that spit-curled icon of joy, that champion of empowerment, sings a new tune live on stage for the first time. It's the world premiere of Boop the Musical. Get tickets at BroadwayChicago.com. We are business leaders, community activists, health care providers, leaders, scientists, educators, athletes, media professionals, artists. We are GovState. Closed captioning is sponsored by Governor's State University. Walk me through how you move from the foster care mm -hmm. process to adoption. Sure. So in every case is different. It's not a cookie cutter approach. And so in my case, um, I had a young child that was birthed by a mom that they knew was not fit to keep this child. There were other children in the system um, that were in foster care as well. And so um, I was blessed, I won't say lucked up, I was blessed enough to um, have a situation where the, the dad's um, rights were terminated. We had to go through the judicial system where we went to court month after month so that those rights can be terminated. And then once they were terminated, I was then able to adopt him. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's it's a foster care to adoption. Yes. Okay. Yes, and I and I'll I'll share this. Most people don't know that, and I will be quite honest with you. I didn't even know it at the time. It was doing research, having again friends like Ron, who was the licensing rep for me at the time, to educate me on this because most people assume that you have to privately adopt, and that's not the only option. That's the only one option. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Claude, one of the things that I found out in preparing for the show is that 22% of all black children are in foster care. Tell me how that happens. That's a very high number. Sure. So you, you have to, the, in the total comp, complex of things, young people who've been abused and neglected, and then the state steps in to either remove them or, or make decisions on where the child is going to be. So before a foster care parent takes the child, where is the child? Usually in the, in the home or they may be with a, a child welfare organization, mm. a group home, um, where, wherever the state is trying to help the young person stabilize themselves. And then they, they look to place them with viable foster homes. So they can be with, with family members, um, a coach can say that they want to go through the process and mm -hmm. become a foster parent. And then you, you look to hopefully uh, adoption becomes 
where, where that can happen, but you're really looking to try and reunify the young person, either home or if it's the foster home, that, can, that they can actually get what they need, then that will become the option, the home that they will be in. How many children in America do we have under the foster care system? It's a, yeah, that's a great question. The number um, is more than 391,000. Almost 400,000. Yes, in the foster care system. And then here in Illinois, um, about 20 years ago, the number was about 57,000 youth that were a part of the Department of Children and Family Services. Um, there were some laws that were put in place, some policies to try and minimize that number. It's close to 20,000. Yeah, we, okay. as, There's 400,000 youth in care throughout the United States of America. 100,000 are eligible for adoption. 5%, almost 20% are in the state of Illinois alone. And the majority of that 20,000, that 5% are within the Chicagoland area. Now, black children, harder to place than white children. Why? It's a, it's a, a really good question. And Ron, Ron and I were talking about that back and forth. Um, there, there are a number of reasons why. One is that people don't value black children like they value white children is, is one. Is there age, um, uh, age difference? Are little children more likely to be placed than say teens? Yes, teenagers are harder to place, unfortunately, because they're harder, I would say, to educate on dealing with the society that we would like them to conform to or just be a part of. It's easier to place babies. They don't have any preconceived mm -hmm. notions. They don't have mm -hmm. any... They don't have thing. any habits they yet. They don't have any habits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, no behavior I, yet. And if I can add to that, I, I think that's the other part, too, with the book, because I think most people have this ego-based approach to it, right? You just assume that you're gonna get a child that's older that's gonna come with all of these problems. And that may not be the case. You can get a newborn that comes with all of these problems if the child is, you know, the parent was on drugs or any other issues. So we just seem to make up these stories that are not actually factual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You went to uh, the UK. Yes, I did. To look at their system. Yes. What'd you find? what you discover? Yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, you, you go with a, with an agenda. You're an expert in violence prevention and youth development, and I, I was blown away by by the culture. Um, two two things in particular stuck out: how they approached violence prevention, um, and they look at how how guns are are a bad thing in both Scotland and in in England. They don't really have a gun problem at all. They have a, a knife problem and they were trying to minimize the amount of intimate violence that was happening with knives. So the gun piece, they, they were really astounded by the number of deaths, 30,000 here in America. And then when we were in Manchester, there were 32 people that were killed in that year. 32 in the year? In the year. That's a week in Chicago. A day a in day, some, some, some instances. Then the other thing I, I, I learned when we met with their um, child welfare um, group was that they hold young people in such high regard and they want to make sure they have every resource for the family and for the young person so that they, they know how a human-centered approach to ensure that that young person is successful in life. And I, I noticed how girls, young, younger girls, and I would see them go into school, 
how they carried themselves. And I was like, hold on, are you noticing kind of how it seems like they, they hold their heads up and things like that? Self-esteem. And, and, and just graceful and, and things like that. And I was like, why? That's something that's missing. You know, somebody's teaching them that. Charm school. That's what they call it. I was going charm to say, school. That was charm I mean, school. I mean, my dad's from Barbados, so the British I understand that influence. It is charm school. Is it taught in school or is it an extracurricular? School to the end of the placing of the table, where the you know, so those types of things. Kids are struggling to cut their pancakes here, you know, and they know exactly which fork to use, which knife to use. It's taught in the home. It's taught in the schools. It's part of the culture. Yes, and 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 to that point, I just think. It, it, when we look at solutions to, to the problem, is adults really um, aligning some meaningful values, some cultural values that will sustain the young people ov over time in spite of, of what they've gone through? So you think we ought to have charm school in we do. school? We do. And so interestingly enough, when I was at NBC, I would do charm classes for nonprofit organizations because most cases these kids had cotillions to go to, they had to go to prom, prom. they had yes. to go to, you know, homecoming, and yes. they didn't know how to conduct themselves in those types of environments. And so, yes, absolutely mandatory. Don't go away because there's more to come as we talk and continue our conversation with foster care and adoption experts. That's the sound of the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, saving you up to $500 on your energy bills with rebates and discounts on energy efficient products. So you can enjoy coming back to a home full of savings. Visit ComEd.com slash home savings. Wait, stop scrolling. I'm here to help. For what? The ACA Health Insurance Marketplace Open Enrollment is here. You can find a health plan that works for you and your family or change your current plan through GetCoveredIllinois.gov. Certified local navigators like myself can help you enroll and find out if you qualify for financial help. I really need to do that. That's why I'm here. Don't change that profile pic. You look great. Open enrollment ends January 15th. This November, that spit-curled icon of joy, that champion of empowerment, sings a new tune live on stage for the first time. It's the world premiere of Boop the Musical. Get tickets at BroadwayChicago.com. Bono, from your experience, how can community members, just Joe Blow community person, just Jane Doe community person, help with the process of fostering children? I believe that everyone can have a very viable impact within the foster care system by just volunteering and giving their time. Time is a valuable commodity. And our children, when they see that someone's taking a vested interest in them, act better, perform better, want to know more, be more inquisitive. And teaching them the way they should go should be the norm. And Ron, don't you, you think part, part of that, when we think about the, the young people, um, some of the research that talks about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, they say that if a young person has one consistent and caring adult in their lives, that's what they need to uh, move through and be successful. So one of the things that I actually did not know from and learned from your community project last evening 
was that some of these kids go from one home, six months, new home, another six months, new home, and that is very impactful because it means I'm not only in a new home, I'm with new people, I'm with another environment, and let's talk about how they get new there schools. Too. How does that, how does that, that's a vicious and cycle. And garbage bags, Hermine, that's, I mean, not only, their dignity is gone. You, you pick them up, you stuff all their stuff and scrap it in a bag, and then you drop them off. That was my, again, passion with Sharina, because that was her case. She was home How after home. How does the process happen? Mm. How do you go to a, I'm, well, I'm in a I, foster I, I, home. I, then I'm not, and then six months later, I'm in another foster what, What's the revolving door? I like to start off that most people don't know. There's a preventative measure before you, the child even gets to the foster care system. And it's what we have called intact family services, where a hot, when the hotline call is made and the DCFS goes to the home, they don't immediately take the child out of the home just because there's an allegation made. They find out what's going on. Maybe the mom or the parents or the father don't have food in the home. Well, we're gonna get you some food. Maybe you need a ride somewhere or just a job referral or another place to live. Those are adequate resources that are held before children are brought into the system. They try to remain them intact with the family. And if that's not a viable option, they find family members who could temporarily care for the child while the parents are getting their stuff together for the child to return home. If that's not a viable option, staying with the biological parents, going with relatives, then the child is brought into the system where they're placed with non-relatives in the foster care system. So there's a preliminary system before yes. the foster child. One of the things, Claude, that you relate is crime behavior to the foster child. Give me that correlation. So think, think about be, being a part of a system and um, you, you've been moved around and you've really had problems trusting adults and it's, it's justified in a, in a lot of ways. Angry behavior perhaps? Mm -hmm. Some would call it maladaptive, but the behavior is the behavior because of the circumstances they've been through. And then with, with that, they have to find viable means to, to survive often. You know, if I can't be in a foster home and they, then they're homeless, then a lot of times they're looking at ways just to literally survive. So if it's sex trafficking, if it's um, prostitution, selling drugs, get involved in, in all of these other negative behaviors, um, that, that tends to happen. And the, here in Illinois, the age is 21 when young people are emancipated from the system. And then I think downstate, is 18, Ron, is it, or did it we go fully it to 21. 21? When I licensed foster parents, it's from zero to 21. And there's different parameters to get to the age of 21. If the child at the age of 18, they graduate from high school, continue on with their education at a state college, which the department and the state will fund for them to continue their education. Right, so, so I, I would say they, they are trying to s survive. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever opportunities they, they can to, mm -hmm. to just make it day to day, make hour to hour, that, that's just, what's going just on. Just to piggyback on that, every child that comes into the child welfare system is traumatized, whether they're a newborn, seven, eight years old, or teenagers. They're traumatized. So they're looking for that family atmosphere. They just want to be loved and to be safe, loved and safe. And then you go from that foundation and you build up. 
Deb, what advice would you give to someone watching this program who said, I would like to adopt? What would you tell them to do? I think to do just what Claude said is to follow your heart. I think, you know, especially for women, we're natural nurturers. Like just listening to that story, my heart is pounding out of my chest. I think that for you to follow your heart, pray about it, of course, and then do your research. I, I don't believe that we should suppress what's natural. Let's say you don't want to adopt or you don't want to foster child, but you do want to mentor. How do you get involved in that process? I'm just going to throw some organizations out there. The National Youth Advocate Program, One Hope United, You Can, Lawrence Hall. There are a number, the Illinois Collaboration on Youth. Um, there are a number of resources that are out there. Who advocates for the foster child? Yeah, and that was part of the panel we had yesterday, which was uh, CASA, right? And so uh, the court-appointed special advocates, they advocate for children in foster care. That their objective is, again, with foster care to reunite the people, the kids with their families. And so CASA, they serve as an advocate for children going through the legal system. Have we seen a breakdown in the American family? Yeah. You don't have to get married anymore to have a baby. Uh, we see... Um, gay rights prevailing, what, what happened? Where's our breakdown? How do we fix it? Well, How do we adjust it? that's one of the reasons. It? I'm a retired police officer and I started mentoring while I was a police officer and that's how I got into this field of social work. Um, I came from a two-parent family home. Both my parents were college educated. We grew up on the west side of Chicago. They've made sure that my education was priority in my life. And not only did they make sure, but they showed me the way. And I think that's one part of the, the solution that we all should have and look forward to and strive for. And even though you not have that family dynamic, volunteerism is, should be more rampant. Thank you for a vibrant conversation and for some wonderful information. Uh, Deborah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Because you decided much. to be a mother and you made it you made it happen and Ronald the the wonderful work that you that you do we don't have many policemen that go into social work Thank we you. appreciate it you it, it might happen yeah. other way around but we don't have that transformation and Claude thank you very much for the work that you do yes. uh, with foster care it's wonderful that you've adopted a migrant family mm -hmm. I um, while we were doing the show, we did a show on migrants, and we went into the police stations mm -hmm. inside. Right. We see outside, right. but you should see inside. And I saw a young girl. She had to be 16, all of 16, and she was nursing her baby. Mm. And I just, I had to stop. I teared up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take that baby so bad. So just give me this baby, and you you go make your way, but right. let me take this child from you. Yes, yes. And I felt myself kind of mm -hmm. going. But well, we used to do that. There you go. We stopped doing that. You, and then I said, no, That's I'm going to get in That's trouble yeah. all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. Let me not do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. Just, yeah. We, uh, we can do better. Mm -hmm. our, yes. human, our humanness can be better. Hey, this is uh, Indigo Studio, and I want to thank you for watching tonight. I hope you learned something. Uh, I hope you got something out of this conversation. Um, thank you for being with us.